0: So then, what is the hype over NFTs? First there was top shots in the NBA. Now the New Jersey Devils are the first NHL team to sign up. But what the heck does it all mean? It was Take Your Kids to Work Day in Winnipeg this week, apparently. Well, quite literally, Mark Sheafley took his actual goats to the rink. And imagine you'd never watched hockey before until this week's playoffs. That's what's happening in Florida for plenty of new fans taking an interest in the Tampa and Florida rivalry. Plus Washington or Boston, Minnesota causing upset in Vegas. And I am so sick at the thought of Toronto tanking their first round. I don't think I'll be able to fully breathe until the end of June. So with that in mind, let's play some music and get started on decoding this week's NHL and talk hockey. This is to NHL fans for far. My name is Claire Freeman, and I am joined, as always, with Jolon Kemp of the Walker.
1: Hello. How are yeah. you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. I'm enjoying the uh, first round of the playoff vibes. What's even nicer at the moment is because of the the delay in Toronto starting their playoff campaign, I've just been able to enjoy the playoffs as a neutral so far, and what a treat it has been. Like Some of the games that I have watched over the last couple of days have just been so intense and so dialed up to 11 that I find myself, even as a neutral, sitting on the edge of my seat just wondering what's going to happen next. And this time, every year, the same thing happens is I forget how much hockey dials up for the playoffs and how a game that is already so fast and so physical and so tough how the intensity cranks up another notch in the playoffs always amazes me at this time of the year. But yeah. I love it. And you just watch it and you just think this is amazing. And this is why you want your team to be a part of this.
0: Well, hey, they don't call it the dance for a reason. Um, <laughs> I mean, disclaimer alert, both Joel and I are Toronto Maple Leafs fans. And, and let's face it. From, uh, you know, other other teams are available and we, we will be mostly talking about other teams, ironically, on this episode. But I do have to say, like, that sick feeling. I feel like the rest of this regular season was almost like just a warm up. Like it's it's do or die Toronto. OK, the last time they won a playoff round was 2004, you know, and even then they didn't qualify for the playoffs for seven seasons after that.
1: Did you know they have not, I know this is the regular season then I'm talking about, do you know they've not won a division since the 70s?
0: It doesn't surprise me. And I think oh, I read. Was it the 70s or was it earlier than that? I can't some, remember. So somewhere ridiculous. actually, I heard that um, Toronto and Montreal haven't played in a playoff series together since 1976.
1: Sorry. So that's what it is. Yeah. Toronto and Montreal haven't played in a playoff round since 1970. The Leafs haven't won a division since like 1930 something stupid. Like, it's crazy how bad this team has been for so long. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely insane. I can't wait to start watching it. I was listening to um, The Athletic did a really uh, cool podcast where they got their Leaf Report podcast, which is their kind of Leaf Geekery podcast, and their equivalent of the Montreal Canadiens podcast. And they did like a Joining Forces kind of Avengers type Mm -hmm. um, podcast episode. And it was just so interesting because you hear... You, you got a sense of all of the things that the Canadians were worried about. And of course, you only ever tend to worry about your own team and, and you just kind of know the dangerous players on the other side. But to hear what they're worried about, for example, of their team and then match that up against what the Leafs are kind of worried about and what they perceive as the strengths of the Canadians and likewise with the Leafs, like it's going to be such a good one. but. It is such a shame and as they st- kicked off their podcast they were saying like how are you feeling ahead of this series they did say it's just soul destroying that this is going to be in front of empty stadiums like and you're not going to have that same kind of atmosphere and like the atmosphere would be insane for this series and it yeah. will be in terms of the intensity on the ice I'm sure because these teams know exactly how much this is going to mean but It would just be electric, particularly in Montreal because it's got such a reputation, that building, for being loud and it would have just been so incredible to witness it but let's hope that you know montreal are a team that could you know do well for a few years if they play their cards right the leafs hopefully as well uh, you know on the up still so hopefully this is not the only time that we see this matchup unless they beat the leafs this year and then i never want to see them again
0: <laughs> well let's leave the leafs behind cuz let's face it they haven't even started their playoff round maybe we'll have to recoup that next week um whether we if we don't do a podcast next week <laughs> you'll know why <laughs> Um,
1: Imagine the Leafs are like three, three nil down. So, so, next
0: week. Oh, so, yeah, I know we've we've kind of been swapping notes about some of the um some of the the games that we've been watching over the last week, and I mean just some amazing highlights. But the most interesting article I read this week, um, was talking about the Tampa Florida rivalry and how much that's kind of like got so many people interested in the NHL for the first time you know and and the, there was a an a article that came out which was around the subject of what if this was the first game hockey game you'd ever watched? I think we've all been in that situation. You know, a lot of us who watch this sport, particularly from, you know, outside of North America, we're not experts. We're not ingrained in the day-to-day culture. We don't open our newspapers and there's a report about the NHL. So we learn a lot of this stuff on the hoof and it just really struck me. Like, you know, that first time you watch hockey, whether it be live or on the telly, you're like, what, Is going on. And so they highlighted this particular, I think it was the first Tampa Florida matchup. And they said there was a returning MVP, an early disallowed goal, breakaways, scraps, dirty hits, four lead changes. And didn't that one finish in overtime? as well uh, or no
1: pretty much all of them have finished in overtime i think there's like three of the first four games or something like that went to overtime and playoff overtime i mean if you don't know you haven't followed a team that's gone to the playoffs so they don't do the three on three kind of craziness that they do in the regular season there's no shootout it is literally five on five continues until somebody scores and of course we have had scenarios like last year in the bubble where columbus and tampa went on for something like seven extra periods or something insane yeah. but the intensity just continues and with the added kind of you know it is golden goal um but you're right I mean the the level of intensity in those early rounds I always think that if I take kind of <laughs> maybe people will say well the only reason you're going to say that is because you're a Leafs fan but I would say that actually I think the first round is the best round of the playoffs and that's not just because that's the only one the Leafs are involved in it's it is genuinely because. The teams are the teams are as fresh as they're ever going to be in the playoffs. Like by the time you're getting to the later rounds, the teams are battered, like because of these early rounds. But the teams are battered, and they've had a, a much longer time to scout out their opponents. And it becomes a lot. I feel anyway, it becomes more cagey the later uh, on in the playoffs it goes. Whereas these opening rounds are just they they're just. Insane to watch because you have just got two teams who are just going at it. And the physicality's there, the energy's there, and the goals seem to be flowing as well, which is great. And as you say, leads are changing. We had a goaltending injury in the Washington Bruins game right on the back. So you kind of your relief goaltender comes in. There's just so much going on. And of course, the referees put the whistles away a little bit more and they let a lot more go. And when you've got these big physical teams like the Caps and the Bruins, and then you've got this rivalry brewing between the Lightning and Florida. It's just such a spectacle. And uh, yeah, I I love it. It reminds me every year why the playoffs (laughs) is so much fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like the the goal fest in Florida and Tampa. I mean, you know, I think that Florida probably gave away... um, uh, too many power play opportunities and you don't want to give power plays to someone like Tampa. Do you really? They're not a, team not. Really a penalty kill against, but I thought that Bobrovsky um, was absolutely brilliant in net for, for Florida. And we know his yeah. history really with Columbus Blue Jackets, that he was the first goaltender to help take Columbus through to the first round of the playoffs and win a series mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I, I think uh, he really impressed me. Um like you know you mentioned about the caps change for washington um mm. i think anderson is uh, did he get to start in the second game as well yeah.
1: um, but he's like he's like 40 or something and you know a lot of, <laughs> i saw a lot of people on twitter kind of when he came in were saying like i didn't even know he was with the caps like <laughs> this was you know he was at the sens for ages and has had playoff success but he was like their third choice goaltender well behind can Samsonov. i just say one of yeah, the things cool. that
0: really confused me, right, was the commentator accidentally said Freddie Anderson instead okay. of Craig Anderson, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, Freddie yeah, got transferred. Know. They, they I- traded him." <laughs> <laughs> That's where
1: he's been all this time. I
0: was like, but it's after the transfer deadline, I was really confused. I rewound it, and he just mistakenly said Freddie yeah. Anderson instead of Craig Anderson.
1: Well, we always used to laugh in Ottawa Leafs games because it was Anderson and Anderson, like, and the, the two of them in net, and one was spelled with an S O at the end, and one was an E N at the end. Like,
0: mm.
1: and I mean. Yeah. What a great story for Craig Anderson to come in and get that win, and he looked good. And you know, for a third choice goaltender, he's a hell of a third choice goaltender to have. Um, But it just shows the depth and how a series can flip on its head. Yeah. There, there was always going to be a question mark over Washington's goaltending this this kind of this these playoffs, and because Samsonov and Vanacek hadn't had particularly good seasons, and they've been hot and cold, and Samsonov's had his problems off the ice with with the caps and I guess yeah but then injuries happen then you end up with your third choice but yeah that is such a such a heavyweight series that though
0: well see the the other goaltender that I just forgot how much I enjoy watching Mm. Marc-Andre Fleury I mean this guy is like a flamboyant um I don't know what what you call like the dancing where it's all with your arms is it salsa contemporary Flaming- he's like
1: contemporary just Not like flamingo. He moves around
0: what's it flamenco <laughs>
1: flamingo that's the animal
0: or the bird. <laughs> it's like he's just there was one bit where he did like a roly poly and then yeah. like managed to get back up really quick um <laughs> and his arms are just like this and there's rolling and i just i just forgot what a joy like he is but who would, um, have, who would have
1: thought coming out of that series, though, like coming, sorry, coming into that series with the Wild and the Golden Knights, nobody in their right mind would have ever have said that game one was going to be won 1-0 and the Golden Knights were going to be shut out with 42 shots. Yeah. I mean, nobody's calling that like that game was a, going to be a barnstormer for goals. You I would do. Imagine.
0: I do think, though, so. um, this is where I think over the years you start to know what to look out for and you start looking like you could look at a scoreline and that tells you one picture. But if you yeah. go a bit deeper, so look at what kind of shots on goal were there. And actually yeah. at one point, um, Vegas would double the shots uh, to Minnesota. So it shows that actually Vegas have got the depth in terms of defence. So they're not even allowing Minnesota to get the shots on goal. Mm. Um Uh, So I think in the end, series-wise, depth will win. And it was only 1-0 in that win to Minnesota. It was just a lucky bounce in overtime, I think it was, a lucky bounce that went Minnesota's way. I do think that in the end, common sense will prevail. Vegas have the depth. They are getting the shots uh, at least towards the net. And in the end, it'll tip their way it may well, you be, mean, maybe it'll you, be a longer you, series than we thought
1: though. You mean Cam Talbot's not going to make a 42 42 shot shutout every single game against <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean it is it's those are the kind of things you can never predict. Like I think those are I I think it's fair to say there's It's not a foregone conclusion that Vegas are going to beat Minnesota because I think Minnesota have proven in the regular season that they can match the likes of Colorado and Vegas. I mean, all you have to do is look where they ended up in the regular season and they were, you know, they were right up there with them. I just think that one nil in overtime was never going to be the result that I would have imagined from that game just because of the scoring firepower on both sides and particularly I mean Cam Talbot has had good times as an NHL goaltender but he's not he's not Marc-Andre Fleury so a like, fascinating one that one to come out of it but yeah I there's just <laughs> there's just so much so I've taken the I've taken the approach of before the Leafs obviously I've taken the approach of trying to watch a game like a full game instead of watching the highlights like I know you've gone for trying to get across everything and so obviously using highlights to, to do that well
0: I, I just use my um instead of watching the news at yeah. night primetime <laughs> news I don't watch the six news. I don't watch it. channel four news I just sit there make a playlist of all nice. the condensed games on YouTube nice. and I just bounce through them all one after the other whilst I eat my tea
1: love it that is great and I will probably have to start doing that once the Leafs <laughs> start playing because but I won't I, be able to keep say, up with
0: the adverts on youtube are like another level these days oh yeah
1: have you God. um have you used your free like months preview uh, free like premium youtube or something because ah, I, I was haven't. thinking of doing it for this month
0: that's a good idea for stanley yeah. cup time yeah because yeah.
1: i was thinking that i'm going to watch way more youtube highlights this month than i ever will in my life Um, so I was going to use my free month that they've been trying to get me to sign up for for the last however many years Um, anyway aside from that um, there's pretty much one game on a day on kind of UK TV so Premier Sports pretty much have one a day sometimes two BT had the opener um, and have a few but um, yeah so I'm trying to Follow whichever game has been on Premier Sports the night before, um, which has been great because it's meant that I've been able to watch both Capitals Bruins games. Um, that series, that's um, I just don't know who to who I want to lose more. <laughs>
0: I, I, and that's and that's it really because both of them are tipped to go a long way in this, but to think that basically either or is not going to make it to yeah. round two is out huge. in the first round. I yeah. know,
1: and think like I sit there and watch it and I go well, I obviously don't want Boston to win. I want Boston to go out in the first round. But then I want them to lose to Zidane O'Chara and Tom Wilson's Washington Capitals. I mean, what? Like... It's really difficult so I'm quite enjoying the all-out brawl that this series is because they look like they're just taking pieces out of each
0: other well but I think the question would be for most people if Toronto were to go on a long run and at no point did they beat the Boston Bruins it would have be classed as a proper win no
1: No, I categorically deny that that is not happening and I want the Bruins out so that we don't face them in the Stanley Cup final Claire because I I don't know about you but I'm not sure yeah it is
0: is it possible this year yeah, okay. i think
1: it is possible because they're on the other side of the drawer
0: i mean this is where it gets really geeky isn't it actually I, I, on my desk in another room i have gone to town because the thing is in this country you don't get a wall chart do you No,
1: no. i miss
0: wall charts people <laughs> i miss a good like, all right in- the
1: euros are coming up soon you'll be able to do one then
0: <laughs> oh yeah but it's not the same is it so i, I create my own wall charts I print yeah. off all the fixtures. I underline what the score was and who yeah. won. i have a little tally next to the the series, and then I have a beautiful printed off thing that tells me like my fill in my bracket as they progress to the next round. Nice. Um. So I can't work out whether who who they can. can. So what. right.
1: My my uh, just from the top of my head, I'm pretty sure the kind of Washington Bruins lot end up playing they will move over to play the winner of the West um, and come through that one. I think
0: I'm if now you, doubting myself
1: you, as I'm saying. Okay. But.
0: If you just take 20 seconds to talk about something, I'm going to hit mute and I'm going right. to get my piece of paper.
1: All right. Okay. Um, so as I was saying, I watched the, the Boston and the Washington series, and it is a series of who do you want to lose more? between the two of them, because (laughs) as as a Leafs fan, you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I can't cheer for the Bruins, but I'm struggling to cheer for the Caps Um, at the same time, given some of the players on their team. However, it's a series where you can just sit back and watch them beat each other up and they will beat each other up. And whoever has them, which Claire will tell me in a minute, whoever has them in the next round if you're going to be playing the Capitals or the Bruins, you're going to be playing like an absolutely battered team. I mean, it's already gone to 1 1. So I can't see how this isn't going to go all the way to game seven okay.
0: this series. I'm back and I have, I'm showing uh, ah, exhibit A to uh, to Joe yes. right now. Yeah, so, so we, we, are, we you were right. Correct we were right. So, Boston and yeah, Toronto are on opposite sides this year,
1: which means there that is page. a possibility that they play in the Stanley Cup final which i don't know about you but i don't want to test my um, blood pressure rising that high um because i don't think i can quite handle that
0: i mean so you? this 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 would be, this well, yeah i mean it's it's a crazy route isn't it so if toronto beat montreal then they have to beat either edmonton or winnipeg yeah. that puts them there so um they have
1: to beat edmonton probably
0: yes and then they could play either let's say it'd probably be Carolina or Tampa.
1: Yeah. Although I'm not, I'm not convinced that um, Tampa will beat Florida. Florida look like a team possessed and the thing that we keep forgetting or I keep forgetting about Florida is they've got Joel Quinville as their coach <laughs> like this guy has been there and done it a lot of times with the Chicago mm-hmm. Blackhawks and if Sergei Bobrovsky comes out and plays like he can do which he hasn't done all regular season I mean a lot of people were saying that he wasn't even going to start in the playoffs they were expecting to go with Chris Drieger, and to see Bobrovsky come in and to look good and to look like Bobrovsky of old like that Florida team and it is deep as well. And with Barkoff with a bit between his teeth as well. Mason Marchman, I guess, looked really good. Former Leafs prospects is like playing on the top line every now and again. Uh Duclair, like he looks like he's got so much he wants to try and prove. I, I again much like the Caps and Bruins, I wouldn't want to call that series, but I wouldn't guarantee or I wouldn't put any money on Tampa being the ones to come out of it, because I think it's going to go probably to game seven.
0: See, the, the, the game which I ended up watching a bit of the other day was Pittsburgh-New York Islanders. Mm. And Pittsburgh had a bit of a rough ride and then suddenly came out on, on top of their division. But what really impressed me was an overtime win for New York Islanders. Um, Palmieri did this really cheeky top shelf Goal. Like I don't understand. He seemed to when you slow it down, it looks like he has all the time in the world to just kind of scoop it over <laughs> the shoulder, you know, of um, of who I can't remember who was in Pittsburgh's net. But even there was a there was a moment um, where like New York Islanders goalie made a save with their toe you know like it was it was just a fraction like their big toe stuck out and that was enough to like just deflect the puck from going in the corner of the net I mean these are just like milliscule millisecond tiny little things that make such a difference and the energy of that I think was really amazing and you know you you do say there is almost a bit of um a bit of disappointment, I think, if you're a Canadian, Canadian not Canadian fan mm-hmm. at the moment, because you're watching these games happening in America and the crowd is just boring, yeah. And um, and I'm bored now of played in crowd sound. I'm bored of it. It's yeah. just uh, so frustrating. And just watching that game, the energy I thought was absolutely brilliant. and And I think most people would probably say that Pittsburgh would take... That series, but then New York Islanders have had a couple of um, surprising seasons in the last two, haven't they? Where they and have they're
1: also built they to win now as well. The Islanders, like they're in win now mode, like. And I, I agree with you about the crowd. It's such a shame that Canada, you know, isn't going to be able to have those fans in those stadiums for you know understandable reasons. But it's still disappointing. But what is good for us as fans of Canadian teams is obviously the games we are going to watch as fans. I mean, ultimately, we're going to watch them anyway because they're our team in the playoffs. And the intensity will be there and the gut-wrenching moments will be there because you're watching your own team. And then, of course, for us, as neutrals watching the games in America, they're the ones that are getting amped up by the fans. So, in a way, we're quite fortunate because you're watching a Canadian... If you were a neutral watching a Canadian matchup, it might be quite flat because compared to some of those American games because you're right, there's no crowd. Um, but I don't know about you, but watching... Toronto versus the Habs. I mean, Toronto versus the Habs for me is a difficult one because my entire family, all the people I know in my family who support, um, you know, a Canadian part of my family, all support the Habs. Mm. So, you know, much as a lot of people in Canada, I am just dreading if the Leafs lose <laughs> this game. And that will be intense. There'll be enough intensity for me just in that alone to make sure that we uh, that, that they go on and win that. But you're right, it is a shame But as a neutral watching the American games, it's great to see it with so many fans in the stadium.
0: See, one of the other series I think that really got off to an exciting start was Colorado, St. Louis Blues. Now, we we kind of had already tipped Colorado to go through. There's a a lot riding on Colorado to get a lot more success and to go really deep. Like we're talking finals. I think it's kind of like if they don't get to the semis or the finals, then it's a bit of a crash. But but
1: unless they lose to Vegas in round two. Like... That would be disappointing, of course. Don't get me wrong. But would that be seen as a disaster? Like, I don't see that as a disaster.
0: I don't know. I think the expectation has been that Colorado kind of had a chance last season, but yeah, injuries caught the better of them. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like that the pressure is on at the moment. What else would they be able to do? They've got the pieces. And look at that first game. I mean, you know... Um,
1: 50 shots on goal.
0: Land- um who, who basically got the Gordie Howe hat trick, didn't he? Oh, did he? Five. Goal and assist.
1: Nice.
0: You know, the first Avalanche's first postseason um, uh, Gordie Howe hat trick since uh, 1997. Hmm. So, you know, talk about making a statement that they want this. And we kind of knew that with the St. Louis Blues that they had had a bit of a battered, bruised route even to get into the playoffs um, in the last few weeks. So you would, again, like we said, favour Avalanches to go through. And if they've got that hunger, if they've got that desire, they've got the setup here. I think, was it um, last year or early this year, they had a couple of um, goaltending issues as well. They just weren't that kind of stable. They kind of hung on through grit and determination to get quite a deep run.
1: But ultimately
0: it you know, it, it was kind of made on willpower rather than made on depth. Um, cool. I mean yeah, they, they dropped down to injury. Yeah. yeah.
1: they they dropped down to their third choice goaltender, someone you may be aware of in Michael Hutchinson, who, you know, got a couple of wins for them. But <laughs> you you look at that game and you think, okay, Avalanche won four one against the blues, and then you look and at that game in the game score and you think, well actually they were one one until the third. But then you look at the shots on goal and the Avalanche had 50 shots on goal to St. Louis, St. Louis is 23. And you, the deeper into the stats you dig, you know, you look at the game flow on the NHL app, you look at the different plays and all this kind of stuff. And you realize, I mean, I haven't watched the game, but, you know, looking at the stats that's that matches up to me as the colorado avalanche absolutely steamrolled the blues which is kind of what we expected because remember the blues only just got in ahead of arizona i know it was comfortable towards the end but they did only just get in and I, i think for for colorado they have to get through this first round no doubt about it what happens to them beyond the second round if they come up against vegas it's really difficult. It's one of the reasons why I'm trying not to get too excited about the Leafs this year because because actually their road to the third round is not actually that in the grand scheme of things isn't it isn't as daunting as some others. Like because you were saying for Washington and Boston, they could go out in the first round and yet they just came up against a really really tough team and I suppose not so much, maybe the same with Tampa, but with these guys as well. I mean, Vegas and Colorado are both so good, but only one of them can come out of that Western Conference. Whereas in the North, I guess Edmonton would argue that with the way that McDavid and Dreisaitl are playing and Mike Smith and all of this kind of stuff, they would, you know, a Leafs and Oilers second round series is going to be incredible to watch and could go either way. But I know who I would prefer to play between the Oilers or the golden knights or avalanche in the second round <laughs> like yes please definitely the oilers or the jets if they make it but i i think for colorado you've just got to you've got to steamroller the blues so that you just go into that vegas series and hope and it could happen that minnesota really push vegas hard and so you're going into that series fresh and vegas are coming into it a little bit battered mm-hmm. and shell-shocked from the uh, series with the wild
0: I think what I like about the Colorado St. Louis Blues matchup is it kind of almost represents a tale of two halves, like the skill and the speed of Colorado, whereas yeah. St. Louis Blues have been a bit more traditionally of a physical, mm. hit, hit, hit kind of team. Um, They're a tough team. The that way... got them a Stanley yeah. Cup, didn't I'm it?
1: watching them grind out that Stanley Cup that they won not too long ago. You know they they were they were a tough team to play and they they outgritted a lot of teams to get through to that Stanley Cup final. They beat a lot of skill-based teams to get um, to that Stanley Cup final. So I don't think, you know, you, you can't rule anyone out in the Stanley Cup playoffs one game in, even if they get absolutely hammered. But there's nothing to suggest that the Avalanche won't go through against St. Louis. Nothing. Um, and... I would imagine they're going to try and do it as quickly as possible, so they can um, rest up, ready for Vegas.
0: I mean, it's um, it's a, it's, a, it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, uh, yeah, we haven't even done like a, a bracket. Um, no, Kate. I I think it, it because the leaf started.
1: Late. I think because the leaf started late. It, the first game caught me completely by surprise. Like I think it was on Saturday. I was wandering around the house. Yeah, and. I suddenly, I was on Twitter and they, you know, I saw something on NBC and they were like, oh, you know, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, start tonight. I'm like, what? And because the Leafs don't start until like Thursday or something. So,
0: I mean, who is it, yeah, it
1: caught me the rest out. of
0: those games between Flames and Canucks? I bet even Flames and Canucks <laughs> fans are watching them. Like,
1: so, there's no crowds watching them. I heard on the Steve Dangle podcast they talked about that and they were saying that basically it's just a three-game series to see which GM gets fired. (laughs) Like, it's just – there is so – I mean, I I, yeah, who knows? It's absolutely insane that they're playing those games. I guess they have to play them. I I half want to watch one. If I had time and I didn't have, like, responsibilities and things going on, I would half want to watch one just to see how bad it was. Like, because – we don't very we very rarely in hockey have dead rubber games because there's usually something to play for. And if there's nothing to play for, towards the end of the season, you're hoping for some momentum going into the playoffs. You know, that last like Leafs Jets game was naff and the the Sens one before that, that you know, the Leafs weren't really putting much in. So those were as close as we could get. But even then, there were things in there like Freddie Anderson coming back, like there was a storyline there, or there was there were things that are important in that series this these games between the Canucks and Flames there's literally nothing riding on this nothing and I I can't quite imagine what a hockey game looks like where there's no competitive edge at all (laughs) but I don't have time to watch them so
0: well I, I think this is where it gets interesting as well because when you get used to watching like NHL playoff games when you actually go and see a hockey game in person Outside of North America, like KHL and DEL aside, Mm. most places no disservice to the to the UK at all. But it's no way near the kind of speed, intensity, pace, skill and I imagine it would be a little bit like that I mean it's exciting watching hockey in person don't get me wrong yeah, whether, yeah, yeah. whether you know I, I've been to support the team that are just round the corner from me right now across the road in Alchingham who yeah. were like you know Alchingham aces who were in like the third or fourth division down yeah, even from the top flight because it's nice to know that people you know who is your local yeah. plumber or your car salesman actually play hockey and play on the team at the weekend it is exciting but yeah that speed and that intensity once you get hooked on it it feels like anything else but like watching formula one cars but then going to watch i don't know skoda's racing
1: or just you know go over and watch the m6 like, just <laughs> watch a motorway
0: <laughs> the m60 like, yeah
1: yeah spaghetti junction on an afternoon like just watch the cars go around it is it is you can't compare it to anything and it is watching the elite of the elite playing at the highest level with mm. the most intensity with everything on the line and what is better than that um, as a fan to be able to sit back and watch that piped yeah. into your living room on a TV. The only thing better is to be in the stadium watching it live. But
0: yeah. I think the only thing that's better than that this week, I don't know if you saw the picture, which I'm going to share as our episode description <laughs> of Mark Schaeferle, <laughs> Bringing yeah. two goats to work with him, so I mean, you can tell like it's silly season before the playoffs start. This is the only time they get away with this stuff. He took two goats to practice with him. Just reading the story about this, I don't, know, I don't know if you know this. So, he basically purchased the goats in March and named them after um, Tom Brady, seven-time Super Bowl champion <laughs> quarterback, and Tiger Woods. 15-time major tournament champion golfer. Uh, I play there. on the acronym Greatest of All Time, aka GOAT. Um, he it's put about you-
1: time Winnipeg had some uh, Greatest of All Time, isn't it?
0: All right, all right. <laughs> put your claws away. Let Toronto <laughs> play a game first before you start doing that to Canadian <laughs> yeah, teams. Point. All right, all right. Right, he purchased their animals literally just for fun. His pets live on his property where they coexist with his dog, Oliver, and have adequate opportunity to graze. The trio greets him every morning after he wakes up. They're all best friends. Um, he brought the goats to rink uh, on Saturday, a day after the Jets' regular season finale, they were pretty hung- uh, cool to hang out with. So they were just buzzing around the ice, uh, but they did make some memories that Jet staff will not forget. The trainers weren't too happy because they kind of pooped everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. As somebody who has a ten-week-old puppy right now, I can only imagine the the uh, yeah the, the the damage in that area that. Two goats could cause. <laughs> like.
0: So, I mean, random story. I'm always on the lookout for these. Are you actually joking? But that actually did happen, and I'm really intrigued. If you're listening to this, I would love to know how are you logging the Stanley Cup playoffs? Are you equally geeky as me, and you have created your own wall charts? Please tweet a picture to us at NHL Fans from Afar. I will be fascinated, as you know. I love a good stat. Talking of stats, right? This thing, I this this week's geeky geeky, geeky geek out, NFTs, right?
1: <laughs> we need to work on that title.
0: <laughs> we probably do, don't we? Right, Claire geeks out on another pointless subject. Yeah, NFTs, right? This is the term that I keep hearing. No, NHL, hearing. Claire, NHL. No, NFT. Have you heard about this? A non-fungible token. Is it fungible or fungible? Fungible, I think. I
1: think it's fungible, yeah.
0: I was thinking fungi, like mushroom. (laughs) Anyway, New Jersey Devils, right, stepped into this. So we heard, we mentioned a few months ago about NBA entering with this thing called Top Shots. And there was rumours from Elliot Friedman that this is going to be something that does come to the NHL. And so New Jersey Devils put out um, a statement saying that they joined a partnership um, with Fanapoli and they wanted to create a shared, a shared vision and a desire to create a creative vehicle for fan engagement. Um, and so it basically looked like these, these one of, one of a kind coins plus uh, they would get a pair of um, season tickets as well. But I've just been really intrigued about this NFT thing. I don't fully interest. I've heard mixed things about it, whether it's just a rich kid's playground. um, How do, like, say, New Jersey Devils, whenever these things kind of sell on and trade, they get a cut each time it's sold so that it makes them money forever. Um, But also they're not very environmentally friendly. So I kind so, uh, of. So
1: it's like Bitcoin, isn't it? It's that it's that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a it's the kind of unique. It's a unique non physical item that lives online. Like it's, you know, it's the kind of the collectibles that we would we would have. So like a signed jersey or a, a signed picture of a team or something like that. But Austin Matthews did them. Um, he launched some of his own for for him and some charity work that he was doing. And you know, it, it's artistic. Uh, kind of artistic work that he's designed or he's got somebody to design for him and they're unique so you you buy them and they are unique to you and you own them but of course they they're not physical so there's not an actual thing you get for them but in the same way that something like bitcoin where you know the currency itself is not a physical thing it's just a you know it's a it's a unique number and there's a finite number of them therefore they have a value so it's it's a really strange one to try and get your head around. I've tried to work out the whole NBA top Topshop thing and and um, Topshop thing, not Topshop. <laughs> that's a UK clothing brand. Um, but it's it, it, yeah, it, I'm 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 half there with it. Like I'm half kind of understanding of it. But
0: it, I mean, it's just like look at the starting bid of six thousand yeah. dollars. You know, you talk about that's yeah. really where they talk about. It's like the future of fine art collecting, you know, a playground yeah. for the for the mega rich. And some of like the weird things that have come out of this, like crypto kitties that, you know, people were allowed to like use, um, like trade and sell virtual kittens. Uh, someone paid $170,000 for one called Dragon. You know, Nike has used this too. They painted a method to verify sneakers authenticity mm. um, with this thing called crypto kicks. Um so, yeah, but apparently it uses um, a bit like energy-hungry cryptocurrencies. They use a lot of electricity. Um, yeah. So that's why they actually generate a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. But, I mean, I suppose the main thing is it talks about, like, what's in the benefit for a seller? And one of the things I was reading about is, like, how it gives you a way to sell work that, that otherwise might not be much of a market for. Mm. Um, and the fact that you can have this feature that enables... Um, you to get a percentage every time this NFT is sold or change hands. Um, And so that way, as it kind of grows in value, the New Jersey Devils cut or Austin Matthews charities cut increases each time it changes hands. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it is pretty mind blowing and I was just kind of surprised about New Jersey Devils, I couldn't tell you anything else about their season. This is the only time <laughs> I think we have actually mentioned them on the podcast. And they, yeah, they are the ones who are like doing this kind of cutting edge technology. I would not have had New Jersey Devils to be the first one to kind of move into this world.
1: Maybe it's because they've got nothing else to focus on right now.
0: Perhaps. And the fact that they're kind of on this, this coin, which says established 1982, um, it's got three times champ on. I mean, oh, dude. God,
1: how can you be a three times champ and you've only been around since 1982? And we're talking about the fact that the Leafs and the Habs haven't played each other since the 70s. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, I'm really, I I am kind of intrigued about where this goes. Again, if, if you are listening and you have seen interesting articles that have kind of taken apart what this means for the NHL and where it could go, please send us, to, um, you know, either email us, nhlfanswithar at gmail.com or, or tweet us. Just it's kind of like one that's been lingering in the back of my mind where I'm like, where's that going to go? I'm going to keep an eye on that and just see what happens because we're kind of talking about like the fact that NHL, um, you know, Gary Bettman, the commissioner, turned around at the start of the season and said, look, it'd be easier for us if we didn't have a season this year because we're going to lose money. But we made a promise we need to get some kind of entertainment for our fans to keep the sport up there. So we're going to do it. And you wonder whether this is a murky field um, that, you know, we look at the TV deals and things like that, that the to to recoup some of the revenue lost this season and last season, whether these are one of the sneaky ways that they just kind of worm their way into the revenue sharing schemes. Um, And how would it work between say like a club and a player, like, because the player plays for a club, do they waive all the rights that if um, an NFT of them shooting a goal like means that only the club make money as it sells, or does the player also own a piece of that? I don't really know where it's going. And that's why I'm intrigued.
1: Mm. It is, yeah, it is it's fascinating of all that stuff. And wh- the way it's gonna go is there will be some very switched-on people who will probably buy them invest them and then in three years time they'll be worth a lot more (laughs) and then we'll all be doing it um it'll become you know a mass market thing but the prices will have skyrocketed but it, it it yeah it does make sense to me in a way but it is still hard to and maybe kind of we're of the last generation where we still kind of think there should be something physical that you buy still maybe that's just a concept that's in our brains that you know younger generations aren't even thinking about but um but yeah the nhl will inevitably get involved in those kind of things and inevitably will want to try and be part of those worlds because as you say there's huge amounts of money in there for them and it's a way of them looking like they're uh they're ahead of the times or at least with the times
0: Hmm. so the Other news as well. You know, we we mentioned last week about ESPN is already looking at hiring its new presenters um, and uh, they announced that they're going to hire Leah Hextel, who is the cousin of Ron Mm -hmm. Hextel, um, as one of its regular NHL play-by-play voices. Uh, She'll be the first woman to hold that role as part of a national TV broadcast. Um, Another woman who was uh, promoted uh, was um, Dr Hayley Wickenheiser, a long-term famous um, female hockey player for Canada, um, who's promoted to Senior Director of Player Development for Toronto. Um, And also Danielle Goyet was hired as Director of player um, Player Development. So I think it's quite nice that perhaps it's just that we're seeing more of these stories reported but I was yeah. interested to note how, in the last few months, we've been looking out for why are there not more women in these kind of senior roles? When will we see a female coach? More to the point,
1: it's just like that in any in any sport, isn't it? In football, the same at the moment over here. Like there's talk of managers over here, kind of elite managers in the in the women's game, and why there's still not a you know a case being made for them to take on a, a men's team or anything like that, and. Yeah, as you say, any progress is good. It's just a shame that it's newsworthy that you know there's a female play-by-play announcer. Like, <laughs> it's a shame that that is newsworthy. But I guess while it is newsworthy and while these are the first, there's nothing wrong with celebrating those first, and um trying to, yeah, trying hopefully that it's um it's a trend only going in one direction because we've talked about this before. But there have been some fantastic. I know we watch a lot of Sportsnet content, and there's been some fantastic analysts in there who are female and you know the fact that they're female is is kind of irrelevant in a way because they they are just very good hockey minds but i guess because of the fact that they are in a minority then it's, it's worth pointing it out and um and celebrating the fact um but yeah hopefully it's only trending in one direction in that sense
0: look you know if we were to announce that I don't know. Someone Ray, we said Ray Ferraro had been recruited by ESPN. We reported that we would say when there's a new coach to a team. Why wouldn't we say, "Hey, look, this awesome person, Absolutely. you know, has got this job and got promotion." I mean, the, the he other, has
1: gone to ESPN, hasn't he, Ray Ferraro? He
0: has. Yeah, that's I what think we he said has. last
1: week. He's yeah. such a. He is such a, a, not underrated, but I always appreciate his insight. And that's not always something I get from play-by-play and and color analysts, and um, I particularly struggle with some of the NBC ones. I don't know why. I just find it a hard listen um, sometimes. But Ray Ferraro on the TSN coverage, like he's got such an in-depth knowledge of what goes on on a bench and what happens around the rink, and I don't know. I always find his kind of little interjections as just so interesting. And, yeah, I yeah. mean,
0: for many years, he's kind of been tipped as to whether he would step back into a club role, whether he yeah. would go go to be a head coach, whether he would move on to be GM or some kind of management role. I think that's been lingering for quite a long time, you know, and his connection guy. with the players, he's, he's long respected, isn't he? He's got a fascinating story. Google Ray Ferraro if you don't know who he is, if you don't follow a Canadian team. The other uh, news that's coming up this week is Team GB. Yeah. Um, and, well, we should say, in case you're not in the UK or Great Britain, the World Championships. You could be from Denmark, Slovakia, Sweden, Czech Republic. I don't know where you could be listing from. Uh, but the Double IHF World Champs start this week. And actually, if you're in the UK, even better that you get to watch all the games for free. Make sure you register first, I would say, if you're not watching on your telly, on free sports. Um, I mean, I've just just written in my diary all the games, actually. And they're great times. They're either 10 a.m., 2 p.m., or there's one at 6 p.m. I mean, first one's on Saturday. You've got Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday. So, you know, every couple of days, it's a good old slog. You've got Russia, you've got Slovakia, Denmark, Belarus, Sweden, Czech Republic, and then Switzerland. So it's quite a plethora of, um, you know. Uh, I mean, what, what, how does it work? So is this a group um, part then? Because you've been to the World Champs. How does yep. it work? Like, what if people are watching this for the first time? Yep. What happens? So they play these games, and if they yep. win this group, then do they progress to the next round? What happens?
1: Uh funnily enough, because Team G were only really interested in not finishing bottom, <laughs> then that was really the only focus of our trip. Because uh, there is relegation in this in the IWHF um World Championship. So the bottom team get relegated back down to the kind of like the B tournament. Um so that's what Team GB escapes last time round, um, on the last day. So they stayed in this kind of A-League with the, the likes of Canada, Russia, and the teams that Claire mentioned. Um, at the top, my I'm pretty sure that it's... Well, formally, anyway, it was in two cities. I don't know what they're doing this time round because they've had to kind of bring it all in-house. But formally, there would have been two cities. When we went, it was Bratislava and Kosice. And the teams kind of higher up in those leagues then would play against each other in a kind of like gold medal match and, and bronze medal match match. Um, But do you know what? We were so focused on relegation, we barely took any notice on what happened at the top of the table. (laughs) I couldn't, off the top of my head, tell you.
0: Because you were, you know, it's just like the atmosphere of this. It's almost like a a completely different set of fans that follow the world champs yeah who, it is to say like nhl yeah it elite was hockey league like it could, was
1: really noticeable like we me and matt would uh, matt who who appears on this podcast regularly like we would walk around casiche in our nhl jerseys um and all right people knew what they were and everything but it was when you'd have conversations with people there they would they would kind of ask you that they very rarely would ever ask you what your nhl team is like even if and if we weren't wearing jerseys there would the nhl was kind of a it was a strange kind of relationship it seemed to have with that um ihhf kind of world and the world championships because it wasn't necessarily assumed that that you were a fan of that team and or a team in the nhl and there was a lot of kind of club talk and there was a lot of talk of club teams and I know you've talked about that Claire with kind of being involved in the club scene over here and with the um, ice hockey but it was very different and it was a very different atmosphere and although there are obviously NHL fans who took an interest because there were NHL players playing. And I know, for example, this year, there are teams who have sent over players. Um, Matt was telling me about some Dallas Stars who've got over and playing for Team USA the year we were there. Patrick Kane was playing um, for USA and you had a ton I'm of just players. just looking
0: at that. Uh, there's a Wikipedia page actually. If you type oh, yeah. in double IHF World Championship rosters, and it has all of the teams um, that are playing and oh, all great. of the rosters. And it even says which team that is their home team. So you oh, can cool. see here, Sabres have sent an absolute ton <laughs> of players, obviously. Yeah
1: well it's a, you know it's a good chance to for them to see their players in a different team and a different you know particularly if you are a team like the sabers you've had a pretty rough year to say the least you know it's a chance for your your prospects and your future players to see those players in a different environment. I mean, uh, you know, if they're USA or Canada or Russia or Sweden, they're in a probably in a winning environment. So um, it's an opportunity to see them. And also, of course, those teams are out, not in the playoffs, so they're not going to be playing hockey until October. So it's a good chance to do it. Um, and also younger players. I think Jake Ottinger is going for the uh, Dallas yeah. Stars. And, and so course- is
0: Jason Robertson as well
1: jason robertson as well so you know some you get to see some really really top quality players and some really good upcoming prospects um i remember you know jack hughes was there for i mean matt we're reminiscing the other day about it when we saw jack hughes who was kind of tipped to go first overall in the nhl draft that year and he was playing and uh, he was playing against gb and ben bounds made a save against jack hughes that was just outstanding it's the kind of save that if it happened in the nhl we would be seeing it all the time on loop on all the kind of like sports center and stuff like that um and I, I, I like i'll never forget that save. i can picture it like i was there now but um it's just so great as a you know somebody from a, <laughs> a what i would call is a hockey's oh, a minority sport over here to see gb players lining up with the likes of anthony mantha patrick kane you know jack hughes all of these kind of big hitters is such a great thing and it must be such an amazing thing for those teams GB and other teams as well, who who don't obviously get as much um, ice time with those NHL well, caliber players.
0: You know, you say ice hockey is a minority sport here, but it is the, what's the phrase? Indoor sport is the most watched indoor sport. Most it, is audience, it? most, I don't most viewed. I don't know what the term is, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's more people watch ice hockey in the uk indoors than they do basketball <laughs> which once upon a time would have been yeah. very different right yeah that is true and it is it, it feels like it's a growing thing over here um but i don't know you i know. think that's just because you're just getting deeper and deeper ingrained in the sport the more years maybe. that you watch it that's, I think that's what team, it does I, to you it gets in your veins uh, it does. like I think a bamboo GB success route. though. <laughs>
1: I think with GB success, that certainly because I've I have definitely seen it more on kind of um, news coverage and kind of general sports stuff, particularly around the time when GB were doing well. Like they, you know, there were never any reports on Team GB when they are in like the B leagues and all of that kind of stuff of the World Championships, because why would there be? But you get into that A League and they are playing newsworthy teams. And uh, so, yeah, no, you may be right there. Might be just be too involved in it. i need to take a step back i need a summer did you know after the so our fantasy hockey finished last week um did it
0: i mean i I didn't even look for the last minute
1: it did claire you should have uh, you should have had a look
0: i wasn't last Um, that's all i cared about you weren't last did you know who uh, finished first (laughs) what was it you yeah it was yeah Yeah, yeah,
1: i beat matt Matt in the final matchup didn't i uh but anyway um what was funny was the the uh, the game finished last week and this week I got a, a notification from my iPhone with my screen report. Um, you know, you have like screen time, like it sends it to me every week on like a Sunday or something. My, my usage was down 42%. <laughs> I was like... I think that's linked. I think that's possibly linked. I was like, oh my God. I
0: think that's where fantasy leagues need a warning. Are you prepared for this to take over your life for the whole of the season. And the thing is with football fantasy, you can dip in possibly on a Saturday morning, lastminute.com. Yeah. Yep. With a hockey fantasy, you Relentless. need to be on it all the time. The moment there's an injury, get in there, sort it out.
1: I was waking up. There was genuinely in that final week where me and Matt were playing and it was, you know, it's a great matchup because Matt had an incredible team. And um I was genuine, finishing a night shift at, uh, and I got home at about 7am and I, I kind of got ready for bed and I got into bed and it was quarter to eight in the morning. Now at 8am was the time that the game night finished and you were then available to select your team for the following day and do all your transactions. I was like... I have got to stay awake these 15 minutes to do these moves because I know what's going to happen. Matt is going to be there at eight o'clock and he's going to beat me to the free agents that I want who will become available. And so I was sitting there in bed with my eyes, like it, like closing on me with my phone. The next thing I know I wake up and it's half one and I've fallen asleep with my phone on my face. <laughs> and of course, all the free agents went, did I get Bobrovsky? No, I didn't. Matt did at eight Oh one, but ah. So, yeah, I was quite pleased Fascinating. because I got so much more of my life back, which is good. <laughs> so just in time for the playoffs.
0: Absolutely. So basically, if you have no life at all and you. Well, how are you supposed <laughs> to have
1: a life? We've got the GB World Championships. Exactly. You just read out the schedule there. You've got the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up for me or your own team in the playoffs. And then you've got the other series that you want to watch as well. I don't, I, but it's too long a period of time to like take two week holiday. Like it goes on for too long like i just oh, it's just who sleep that's the thing that's going to get lost
0: i know who has know. time for that i know and and so this thursday uh before toronto <laughs> enter into yeah. the playoffs i am going to have my first vaccine i've waited i feel like i am the last person out of all of my friends and family to finally be offered the vaccine and, and i was amazed i thought I your age group was in. ages
1: ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh thanks thanks <laughs> But then I finally book it and the only stop that was available was Thursday I So is it, is it kind of ominous that my vaccine would come the same day that Toronto start their playoff run? I mean, or end their playoff run could also be. I was like, gosh, you know, I don't know which one I am dreading more. I know I should be excited, but I just feel, I just, you know, I don't know. I feel like my heart is in my mouth. I, I haven't decided how I'm going to watch it because this is the thing, right? And we talk about this a lot on the podcast. What is your strategy of how do you absorb the playoffs into your life? You know, you've talked there about I watch one or two games. Then maybe I was saying I watch the recaps as part of my tea, you know, line up the playlist on YouTube. But what about your own team? Or the ones that you're really interested in, like, do you watch it live and basically lose your life, no sleep for about eight weeks? Or do you turn off all your notifications and allocate some time the following morning? I think that's going to be my tactic. I now work for myself. I have written in my diary all of the games and I have not put any meetings on the day after a playoff game. I am going to work very hard the night before and then have the morning off every time there is a Leafs game. And I know that is a privilege to have because I've previously done shift work and that was not a choice. But like, I'm really intrigued about people's like tactics to this. Because
1: so if the, so if the Leafs go on a long playoff run, we might have to do a crowdfunder for you because you'll have turned down so much work. We have to help pay your mortgage by the end of this.
0: <laughs> That's it. When someone says, um, "Yes, Claire, we'd like to uh, discuss that really lucrative business deal with you at 10 a.m. on uh, Friday morning," I'd be like, "Sorry, mate." I know.
1: I know what freelancers are like. They make, they make these plans. I now, you know, my partner does freelance work and I know what it's like. They make these plans and these pledges and then the work comes along. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. But um, don't, don't worry. So the, the vaccine that you're going to have on Thursday will cause you, you know, potentially one day of arm ache. Right. The Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs will cause you at least a week of heartache.
0: So <laughs> when you're talking
1: about the heart in the mouth and all that kind of stuff, the vaccine will be a breeze in comparison to what the Maple Leafs will inevitably put you through <clears> against <throat> the Habs in round one. And it'll go on for a lot longer than any side effects.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: It is going to be one hell of a ride. But just enjoy it. Because like, with all your teams and everything, and so easy to say. But just enjoy it. Because this these... These round one playoff games happen so little of the time and it's such a small window just to enjoy it. And yeah, I mean, just good luck unless you're a Habs fan, in which case I hope you have a thoroughly miserable week.
0: (laughs) So by the time we record our next podcast, Toronto will have played three playoff games Ah. and Team GB would have played... Three games, so it's going to be a really interesting uh podcast for us to kind of see what lies. I mean, looking here, like Colorado, Vegas, they'll have played one, two, three, four, five of their games. Yeah, we could
1: have some results by um, then.
0: Yeah, it could be, it could be a really exciting one for for next week. uh One else we've got here, Edmonton, Winnipeg will have played one, two, three, four games. I mean, yeah, five games for New York Islanders-Pittsburgh. Maybe not five. Maybe not five. Maybe
1: it's just four. I'm going to be so tired by this time next Tuesday. And the one other joy is that my life at the moment, because of this new puppy in the house, as soon as I wake up in the morning, he wakes up. And I then have to entertain him for a couple of hours. So I've got to factor that into my day. So I'm wondering whether this year I'll go against what I've done all previous years and actually have to stay up late and watch them when he's asleep and just take the hit in the morning. It's, it's going to be a long, tough week ahead, but God, I cannot wait.
0: Uh, and hopefully we'll hear from Matt uh, Day yeah, we'll next, get him back week next week hopefully, and find out how he's managing it with a small child in between. Uh... He didn't care. He did,
1: Last year was his year. He did it. He went through to the Stanley Cup final. This year, he's just sitting back, watching a game when he can. Oh, It's going to be so stress-free, apart from bringing up a child, which yeah. I hear is difficult.
0: Child puppy vaccines. That's what adulting God. is about, people. It's great, isn't it? Unless you're Mark Shifley.
1: One final question. What jersey are you going for for game one?
0: Oh, I mean, I've got a jersey which I wore when I went to see uh, Toronto beat Winnipeg Jets in overtime nice. in twenty. 14 or 2016, I think it was. Okay. And it's got the old logo, yeah. which is probably not that great at Omen, really, because in 2014, the Leafs were frankly awful. Yeah, they were awful. Yeah. But I Arch. take with the spirit of that game that I o- I went to my only Toronto NHL game and I wanted it to be a long one. I wanted them to go all the way to overtime because yeah. I was there. I wanted to get my money's worth and my ticket. <laughs> so that is... that, And I've also got my cap and I've got my socks. So I'm going to put... Nice. And I think I've got gloves. I've got one singular glove. <laughs> I, I've lost the second glove. I've only got one singular right. glove. Nice. So I will Stronger. wear everything that I own that has Toronto on. I've got wow. a hoodie and I've got a T-shirt as well.
1: Okay, cool. I need
0: I need shorts. That's what I need. That's what I'm lacking. <laughs> I have to basically be in my pants with a hoodie, T-shirt, and a jersey, socks, and one <laughs> glove. <laughs>
1: So Thursday night... What are you um,
0: wearing, Jolon? I mean, that's the conversation I never thought, I'd
1: say. What a question. I think I am going to go with the man who is going to make the difference in this playoffs. And I think he's going to... Not that it all comes down to one person in a Stanley Cup run, but for the Leafs, Matthews has got to be on his A game. And if he is and he carries on where he left off in the regular season... Montreal will not be able to match him in a top you know their top six is not as good as the Leafs top six they might be able to win the bottom six matchup so I'm going for my Matthews jersey because I want to see him score lots and lots of goals
0: okay right well we'll see how that fares hmm. um, enjoy your sleep or enjoy watching hockey during your, your evening meal however you digest it you see what I did there yeah
1: very good, very good. And,
0: um, and enjoy team GB Go oh I feel team sick G- I feel sick B. We'll uh, we'll be back next week, have a great week, whatever you get up to.